Welcome to the SYP Oxford podcast. As ever, I'm your host Charlotte and this week I'm here with editorial assistant at BBC Audio at Penguin Random House, Ellie Drury. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. This is exciting. Oh, it's so lovely to have you. Um, uh, now, for anyone who knows me, I'm a massive audiobook fan. <laughs> so awesome, good to hear. Do you want to tell us a bit about um, your role in audio? Yeah, so I guess I should explain the team first because BBC Audio at Penguin Random House doesn't sound like it makes sense. Yeah. But basically, there's a licensing agreement between PRH and the BBC. So I work on a team that has mainly PRH colleagues, but also BBC colleagues, and we publish archived BBC material and also new stuff coming out of the BBC. So it's quite an exciting place to be and quite different, I think, from other areas of publishing and also are quite different from other audio publishers as well. Um, and so my actual job is mainly assistant duties, you know, making sure everything gets delivered on time. Um, but I also get to do editorial tasks like uh, researching, going through the archives, writing copy um, and like presenting and pitching and things like that as well. So yeah, I love my job. I'm really lucky. Yeah, it sounds absolutely fascinating, uh, that job. And is there anything in particular that you enjoy most about what you do? Um, well, I love audio itself. I'm a massive audio nerd like you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that I feel really lucky in, in that regard um, and kind of discovering old titles that aren't available anywhere on the BBC and sort of bringing them back to life and releasing them commercially is always really really exciting um as well as you know developing new talent and new up-and-coming writers but i think in my day-to-day -day job what i love most is covers um so in, normally in audio you're if you're at a publisher you're having to use the existing cover of like a paperback or a hardback but because we're often generating new content we get to make our own and I'm really nerdy about that meeting and you know pulling together mood boards and all that kind of stuff yeah I, I really love it I think in another life I would be a designer because I love it so much oh no that sounds so cool and so fun and I want to go to one of those meetings <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> um and I mean I guess you've already said that you're a massive audio nerd but yeah what is it about audio that you love so much um well i'm disabled and um part of my disability affects my vision so i think audio it's not particularly glamorous but like you know i needed audio to get through my degree for example and growing up um you know some of my this sounds really cheesy but some of my earliest memories like are of listening to audiobooks so I think I have that sort of real connection to audio in a way I think lots of people who ex experience you know visual impairment or like seeing differently have because it's you know if if I have if I suddenly can't see for a brief period of time I would need to listen to something by audio so like it's necessity but also I think it's just storytelling in its 
purest form you know more so than than the written word and there's something really magic about the way we listen to audio whether it's on your headphones and it's that really personal experience or if you're listening to the radio like in the car as a family uh, yeah I, I think it's just it can be such a communal and experience and and also so personal like so many audiobooks I listen to uh, that I've listened to on my commute for example I'll then walk that commute and suddenly be struck with like a line from that book because we're listening on headphones in such a unique and and modern way yeah I, I'm just a nerd I love it <laughs> no I am I am totally with you I, I don't have the same uh, reason for listening to audiobooks as a kid um but that was like a massive part of my childhood was going to bed and listening to audiobooks when I went to bed. And I remember yeah. mum bribing me to do my maths homework with audio cassettes of um, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And I couldn't oh, get the next how amazing! until I'd done my maths homework. So what one of my... Um childhood audio memories is my mum found some like cassette tapes at an old car boot sale and I for the life of me cannot remember what book it was I wish I could because turns out it was like for teenagers rather than you know six-year-olds because I was six at the time and my mum walked in and they were talking about I don't even know what kissing or something and she confiscated it <laughs> it was like exposure to teenagehood that um that I really vividly remember with audio oh god no I the peril of car boot fair. yeah <laughs> I was picking up a book and going, oh I'd kind of fancy fancy reading this yeah exactly and no no way of just flicking through it like a normal book you know no yeah exactly I, yeah I had a cd play in my room that had a little cassette engine whatever you call it inserting thing and that was it I was learning about kissing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but as you say, like, I love the fact that, because I feel like audio is just, it's really growing. And I feel like it's, yeah. um, particularly over the last maybe like five, 10 years, it's just really exploded. And I think as someone who has relied on audio for, um, to learn and to read, you know, for, for you know for work and as well for enjoyment how do you feel about this um format becoming so much more widely available and more books being available more content i well it's just really exciting and it's really exciting to be a part of it i mean i, I would be excited from the outside looking in for sure but like i, I can definitely feel it like our, our team has doubled uh in the last few months so it's really happening and it's happening fast. Um, but I think it's just a really great opportunity because for so long, there was so much kind of academic snobbery around audio. And I think a lot of that was rooted in ableism um, and the idea that listening to audiobooks weren't real reading. So I am conscious that this boom, uh, you know, doesn't leave disabled people behind. But I think as long as we're mindful of that, it's, it's only positive and, and it's, making, it's making books accessible. Like, what's not to love? Exactly. You can get more people reading because it is reading. Listening to yeah. audio is reading. 
and I will, I will fight anyone to the death who suggests otherwise oh oh yeah that that's my whole mission <laughs> to get people to realize and know that um do you have actually do you have any particular audiobooks that you've listened to that have really struck you in any particular way from the way they've been produced that's such an interesting question there's so many exciting things happening in audio right now I mean this might sound like I'm towing the company not line but I really mean this um I think uh Edinburgh Unlocked which was an audiobook that PRH Audio released this year was really amazing um yeah I mean I know the people who did it so like they just are really talented um, and got loads of comedians from around the country to basically perform their fringe sets that obviously ended up being cancelled. Um, and I think that's how, how exciting to, to do that in audio, to, uh, to get comedians to kind of rethink how to perform in audio and yeah, to, to widen that out to people who would, you know, wouldn't be able to afford to go to the fringe, like a, a working wouldn't be able to get the time off, like all of these things, it's so accessible in so many ways. So that was really amazing. And what I love as well is kind of surround sound and kind of immersive audio experiences, I think there's so much innovation happening right now so I love um Underland for that reason I don't know if you've yeah. heard it yeah yeah I that one yeah. Uh, yeah I mean it's not original it's won loads of awards but <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not like a, a niche thing to plug but yeah I I think it, it was it was really stunning and I'm just really excited for what audio can do kind of as an art form really definitely don't. and I mean say it's a bit Underland it's such a good example of what what can be done that yes. other than just reading a book yeah, which so, is still great but which is still what's great there's nothing but, but what's really interesting is where, where it where can it go and what i find really interesting which is probably why this is the career for me right is thinking about like how the listening experience affects like what kind of audio you make um and so you know something like underland i think is really powerful if you're listening to it alone with headphones whereas something like edinburgh unlocked is really nice to listen like with your housemates or your family or your partner because you can laugh together so yeah i i think it's really interesting to think about like where audio is going how smart speakers are going to uh, kind of basically turn audiobooks into radio again potentially and and just yeah where the where the industry and the user experience is moving yeah there's so many exciting things so many possibilities yeah also we we might listen to this podcast back in 10 years and be like wow we thought audio was going in that direction oh <laughs> we're so wrong so this might not age well i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do we'll have to come back in a few years and see where yeah 10 year anniversary <laughs> um so you've mentioned um before that you um you have a disability and mm -hmm. you've also set up um what i think is a fantastic initiative that is the a disability network at, at penguin random house do you want to tell us a bit a bit about what that is and what you do yeah so the goal of the network is well, it's sort of to do two things the first is to connect colleagues who are disabled or who are maybe grappling with identifying with that term and sort of what it means 
Um, and then the second thing we're aiming to do is change the output output of PRH and so that's things like web accessibility, encouraging more disabled authors to be signed on um, and more of a focus on audio, braille, large text editions or that kind of thing. So uh, we recently had the launch which was really exciting. I hope, I hope I'm not you know being pretentious or precocious saying it, it went really well um, <laughs> and so we've got our next uh, a few meetings lined up so um, yeah I'm really excited to see to see what it can do the um the response has been really overwhelming in, in a good way really overwhelmingly positive so yeah I'm, I'm yeah I'm excited yeah no it's it sounds it's so exciting because I think that within within publishing obviously there are a lot of a lot of issues that are that are discussed but I suppose disability and accessibility I feel mm. sometimes can take a little bit of a backseat sometimes so it's really good to see that being brought brought to the brought to the foreground um uh a bit more yeah yeah and disability affects every community um so i mean i don't think this is what your question meant but sometimes uh, it, i think it can when people say that a certain demographic is forgotten about it can be a bit like what aboutery yeah. And I and so and and I think so. I definitely don't want it to come across as like the disability network is doing that, and I don't think that is what it's doing. It's just, it's just. I think people don't really know where to start with disability a lot of the time, because disability is so all-encompassing. You know, it includes long-term health conditions, uh, mental health conditions, mental mental illnesses. Really, it's yeah. It's it's huge so many people are disabled and yeah hopefully this will help make a start of you know helping them particularly at prh yeah no hopefully definitely and as you say it's kind of it's that all-encompassing yeah term where everyone everyone clicks everyone's experience is different um yes yeah exactly you start with that um and i guess I suppose my next question might, might be one other of those big all-encompassing questions but how do you think publishing needs to evolve to attract and support uh talented uh individuals who who might who might have disabilities or authors who might have disabilities in order to right. bring these creative people into the industry oh yeah another huge question but <laughs> again there are places we can start right i think maybe the most obvious place is um the way we interview um you know i think the pandemic has sadly changed a lot um and kind of accelerated a lot of remote working but that's something disabled people have been pushing for for decades so it's really interesting that as soon as non-disabled people needed it the world changed in a month right and so when i think about interviews i think remote interviews are often helpful but not always because again people have so many different disabilities and you know there's there's not a one size fits all so um figuring out how how best to support people coming in but also retention yeah. i think there are lots of amazing mentorship schemes and you know internship programs etc that are coming through but they don't necessarily focus on on the the long term and you know, non-disabled people have been getting jobs without mentorships for decades and they've just learned on the job, right? They've been fine. Yeah. So 
so yes mentorships are, are cool and important and they've definitely benefited me but like just giving disabled people a chance i think just like any other kind of marginalized demographic is 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 the key yeah definitely i think um and sometimes as well as a as someone who, who doesn't have a disability it can sometimes be hard to um to think what might need to change in order to support people who might find things a bit um other things trickier so right. it's hearing from uh from people who do experience that i think is definitely the best place to start because if you don't experience something you know, how are you going to know <laughs> right yeah exactly and somebody with similar disabilities to me will need completely different like measures and 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 things in place for interviews to do their job like um i experience similar things to people who are visually impaired but i don't actually have a visual impairment i have a neurological condition that affects my eyesight so like it's so nuanced and also like language and and the way we define ourselves and what disability is and it's it's just complicated and i don't think disabled people expect non-disabled people to be able to navigate that because we can't right because we're all so different so it's just it's just about listening and i think publishing more and more is is doing that which is such a great sign yeah definitely fingers crossed that for the future people just continue to listen that's, that's right all. exactly <laughs> yeah um and what advice would you give uh, to any aspiring publishers out there wanting to work in work in the industry or to or to learn a bit more about audio? Oh, I mean, it's such a hard question because I got my job just before the pandemic. Right. So it feels a bit disingenuous to be like, just go for it, because <laughs> Like the, the landscape has completely changed like it was hard when I got a job it's harder now so I mean yeah I, I it's publishing has a place for you if you're passionate if you care if you see things in the industry that you want to change and you know if we're talking about the disability network again I was terrified to set that up it, I thought it could be career-ending you know because I'm an assistant and I was essentially saying we need to do better um, and you know time will tell if I still have a career but the, the response has been really really positive so I would say if you see things in the industry you want to change that doesn't mean publishing isn't for you it means publishing desperately needs you um, so keep going we yeah we're waiting for you uh, yeah that's a perfect answer to me I think. oh oh good <laughs> I agree because if you see something that's I mean, personally, I don't think the Disability Network is a career-ending move at all. I think that <laughs> oh, good. it is a fantastic initiative. And I'm so glad that, that someone like you is doing it somewhere like PRH, which is um, hopefully will then um, encourage other large publishers to do the same. But yeah, yeah. publishing won't change unless we we make it change and we we decide that what where we want it to go because as as young publishers we are the future of publishing so it's our decision yes yeah yeah exactly and particularly so, something like audio that's changing so rapidly you know like i 
as a junior person, I, I do feel like I, I get a say, which is so nice. Like people genuinely care what I think, or at least they tell me they care what I think and I believe them. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I love publishing. I can't imagine working in another industry at this point. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we have, we have welcomed you with open arms. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak to me, Ellie. It's been really interesting talking to you about all things audio. Oh, good. I'm glad I was interesting. <laughs> yes, definitely. And yeah, I mean, I can talk about audio all day we'll have to have to do another time <laughs> talking a bit yeah, more about absolutely about oh yeah I, I could talk for days another episode maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well thank you for listening to the syp oxford podcast um we hope you enjoyed this episode and hopefully we will see you all again soon don't forget to check out syp oxford on twitter at syp underscore oxford and on our Instagram as well, where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown. To keep up to date with all things SYP, please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk. Can't wait to see you guys again soon.